From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict episode 161. Today's show is brought to you by Squarespace, Build It Beautiful, and Karis Customs. It's quality, bro. My name is Mike Hurley. The Pen Addict is a weekly show where we discuss pens, paper, and the analog tools we love so dearly. And this week, I am joined by the officer and the gentleman. It's Brad Dowdy and Joe Crace. <laughs> You're terrible. Wait, which one are you? I mean, I assume I'm the gentleman. Okay, yeah. I, I, I assume Joe's the gentleman, too. So <laughs> he is the vintage gentleman on Twitter. So if you don't know, uh, I have a special guest live in the recording studio with me, which is the playroom in my parents' house, which my kids have managed to destroy. Uh, we have Joe Crace, a.k.a. the Gentleman Stationer. Say hey again, Joe. Hello, hello everyone. Yes, yeah, so we got a, a awesome show for you guys today, and I'm, I'm super excited to have Joe on. And we're going to talk about his blog and his... Uh, Pendum and his pen show travels because uh, you you get around a little bit, don't you? A little bit over the years, I yeah. have. <laughs> All right, so we, we have a bunch of follow up to get to uh, as we go. Mike, you want to get into this? I most definitely do. So, what do you think about this mental floss article that uh, that uh, surprised everyone, including myself, um, in the last week or so? Yeah, what happened here? <laughs> Like, I know that you like to leave these surprises for me, but there were no horrifying, nightmarish pictures in this one. Yeah, so... <laughs> yeah, that picture still crops up every every now and then from the Boston.com thing. But um, the mental floss, I knew about it for about six months ago, at least, if not longer than that. So I was on a podcast called The Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin Show. That was probably a year ago. And Mental Floss works with Jeff Rubin on occasion when they find something interesting that he's done. They want to transcribe it and put it in the physical magazine. So Joe told me, um, so Jeff told me that they were doing that. And I said, yeah, absolutely. And that kind of vanished a few months uh, past. And then finally Mental Floss reached out to me several months ago um, and said, hey, we're putting this article together um, that Jeff Rubin and you know you had talked about on the podcast, this article on pens. And we want you to do a picture of your collection um, for that. So I went back and forth with that. And and my wife is very disappointed. She wanted credit for the image in the magazine, which she didn't get. So uh, she, she was disappointed in that. Aww. So a uh, full credit to Mary Beth Dowdy for the image in Mental Floss magazine. She doesn't listen to the podcast, so she'll never hear this. So <laughs> The image but, um, is the best bit. Yeah, totally, totally. So, uh, and then the rest of it's the uh, transcription. And uh, I had no clue when it was coming out. The last I heard from them was months ago when we finalized the picture. And then uh, all of a sudden, I got a tweet uh, in the middle of last week or early last week. I guess some the subscribers to Mental Floss got it in and said, "Hey, it's on the front cover." You know what it say? The number one pen snob in America. Um, that was on the cover. They were much nicer uh, for the title of the article. It was called The Pen Whisperer. So that was fun. It was it was nice to see. I really didn't have to do anything except take a picture. It was just a transcription of a podcast. But um, they made it come out good in the magazine and actually just picked up my physical copies today here in, here in Tennessee because um, they didn't have it at the lame Barnes & Noble in Macon, Georgia before I came out of town. Did you get a copy of me? Um, I will. Sure. I would I like have, you I to. I, have t- I have two more laying around. So, yeah, I'll get you one of them. I would like that. Yeah, I, I'm on it. I'm on, do you want me to autograph it for you? Definitely. How about Joe? Do you want Joe to autograph it for you? Uh, I. He is a gentleman. I would very much love that. <laughs> I'm happy to. <laughs> Joe, could you just uh, could you just like uh, autograph like a one of, one of those like five nine by five by nine photographs of yourself and send one of those to me? <laughs> I, I think I'm all out. There was a bit of a run on those last week, you know, via the website and stuff. So you know, <laughs> I should be getting a new I should be getting a new shipment in in the next in the next couple of weeks, and I'll set one aside for you. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's what you need on the uh, on the relay site. Uh, headshots, you know, like the we we all need. Um, what are those pictures called? Where you get like a I had them in the mall, <laughs> where you get all dressed up and fancy with your makeup on and your your sweet uh, America outfits. But those pictures that actors have taken that yeah. they autograph for restaurants and stick them up behind yeah. the cash register. Yeah, we need to get on that for the the relay shop, Mike Stat. Okay, I can I can work. We can work on that. We'll we'll get the uh, fulfillment robots um, yeah. in order. All right, cool. Yeah, glamour shots is what I'm thinking of. Glamour shots. Yeah, totally. You can wear like a cowboy outfit, like chaps and stuff. That'd be sweet. <laughs> yeah. All right. So 
I got a new pen coming, Michael. Mm. Have you mm. have you seen the link to this yet? Yes, it's I one have we've, seen this. We very much talk about. So I have a Shinobi coming from Sean Newton, who is now a full time pen maker. Um, he is the school year is over. He is now doing pens full time, and I'd ordered this one I think back in February. So when we talked about you know when we did our custom pens episode, you know how that it takes these guys and gals several months to um to get a, a a pen designed and completed for you just because it's a it's a lot of work and they're very busy getting uh, other other pens made so i'm pretty excited about this what do you think about how it looks it's stunning yeah you like that look yeah the the two-tone is really sweet it was hard for me not to go with um you know i like the kind of the blue and the red like my menlo um in the um demonstrator style with the transparency but I've seen some grays that look really sweet, and mixing that with a little orange, I thought that would uh, thought that would be a pretty cool look. And I, I think I'm gonna be real happy with it. Turn how it turns out. I get back home tomorrow. I anticipate that it will be in my mailbox, so you will definitely see more pictures uh, of it this week and inked up for sure and in, in, in use. And Joe, you have a Shinobi in process in the in the queue. In the queue, I think uh, I got an email from Sean about two weeks ago and he told me that it would probably be end of july okay when my when mine should be ready to come that's not too bad um so what are you getting on it what what's your style so mine's just uh an acrylic uh like a smoke gray acrylic and then like an orange uh clear acrylic for these sections what do you what do you have coming i went with the matte black ebonite uh, in which i asked him to take a stay rod of black ebonite but not polish it so it still maintains the matte black kind of rough finish and i'm going to do a two-tone barrel and section with a dark kind of dark red even burgundy alumite material what is that i think it's a it's not celluloid it's a type of acrylic um, mm. that i think uh, there's companies here that'll make it they can customize the color because sean said he didn't have one in that color in stock but he would talk to his supplier, and they were actually going to make a darker red color of oh, alamite, I believe. That's, that's what cool. he said. That's cool. Um, so if you're if you're in the market for for a custom pen, you can really you can really get any color you want. Yeah, yeah. That's not the only custom you have coming. What you have something else that we we've talked about on our our custom pen show, one that I don't own, but is definitely high on the list for me to uh, look at in the future. Well, I also have a Balladeer from Scriptorium Pens on order, and for that pen, I chose to go with the Conway Stewart Dartmoor acrylic, which is a really dark brownish greenish black. Um, marbled acrylic that's been discontinued. Oh, it it almost actually looks like a celluloid but it's not nice nice now on these on these two new pens my shinobi is clipless how do you what's your preferred method uh, of clip no clip what's your what's your design preferences on your custom pens well because i use my pens for work a lot and i I typically have to wear shirts with a pocket in the front or at least a dress shirt with a tie i tend to go with a clip pen a pen with a clip um, because I carry it around, and it's just more convenient for me to clip it to my shirt. Yeah. But the sh- Shinobi, of course, is going to be clipless. And yeah. I do have clipless pens. Mm-hmm. Um, I just tend yeah. to carry They have to be pens that I can carry in my pocket. That's good. We all we all have reasons we carry the things that we do. Right, Mike? Most definitely. Uh, Dowdy, no. are you going to be uh, eyedroppering this Shinobi? D- yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, you got to, right? Yeah, this is a no-doubt one. Like, I have the... Um, I have the two Franklin Kristoff Model 20s, the long skinny one, the uh, slip cap ones, and I have a solid black one, which is not see-through, not transparent at all. And then I have the orange one. So the black one, I just throw a converter in there just because I can. And it and honestly, it's easier. But the orange one, it looks ridiculous with the converter in it, to be quite honest. And the Shinobi picks that Sean took with the converter in it, actually don't do it justice at all right you take that converter out it's a way better looking pen so you see the ink sloshing around in there without a doubt i uh i'm just looking through sean's instagram feed and this is painful (laughs) there is some incredible stuff in here yeah things you shouldn't do um with uh, your wallet in reach right oh yeah i mean this wow he makes some incredible pens now did you have your wallet did you have your wallet in reach uh when there, we had liftoff last week? You know, I haven't bought one of these yet. What? I know. It's kind of crazy, with right? you? I don't know. That's re- okay, you got you to gotta explain why, because there's not many Retro 51 no-brainers that I've thought about for you, 
and the Retro 51 liftoff that was just announced. And for those who hadn't seen it, it's a space shuttle. It's a retro space shuttle um, pin that they launched in a limited edition last week. Uh, limited edition of 500. I thought you'd be first in line. What's up? It's a really good looking one, but I'm not a, I'm not a space guy, really. But you're a Retro 51 guy. Yeah. Limited edition guy. I mean, I'm pretty sure they're gone already. I mean, there's only they are 500 from, available. They are from Gold Spot. Yeah. Yeah, so I got the, uh, I mean, I got the, sh- I think I got the shipping notification for mine. I definitely ordered this one. I think this one's stellar looking. Oh, plus, it looks amazing. Plus you're, what, it really, yeah. really does look amazing. I just yeah. haven't. But you're, well, you're also British. Do y'all even have a space program? Yep. Oh, really? Do you not remember the the European launch recently? No, no, no. You not big, not big coverage over here. You Americans. You know what? Y'all have those bounce houses that get sucked up by the uh, by the wind shears, right? And then lift off into space, right? Just because it's getting close to Independence Day, (laughs) you think that this is okay? Let me tell you something. This is unacceptable. (laughs) Joe, I'm sorry you have to hear this. He's he's showing off. No, this this pen is totally acceptable though. I'm a I'm a big fan of this, and uh, our cohort, oh, Mr. Stephen Mr. Stephen Hackett, was all over this. He he uh, when the when the first uh, sighting of this pen came up, he was you know texting me immediately. Where can I get this pen? Because right now he was at the SpaceX launch. He's a big space nerd. Um, he was at the SpaceX, I should say, failed launch. Yeah. Um, uh, yesterday, or was that this morning? I guess it was yesterday um so yeah he was he was all over this pin and i know a lot of people are and uh it, it looks really good I'm, I'm anxious to get this one i can see this one selling out in a day yeah i i don't people have been asking me where to get them now and i don't know so if anyone has any uh secret stash out there um gold spots know. out of stock farnies is out of stock and i've just bought one from penboutique.com which i've never heard of before <laughs> yeah they're good they're legit they're, they're they also have very good deals on um limited edition inks they're they're my they're my go-to source for limited edition mont blanc inks and stuff Ooh, like that all the secrets the andersons might get a few of those retro 51s and they typically order a couple yep. at least a couple of limited editions cool yeah, I just went by Google. I mean, these guys don't have great shipping prices, but hey ho, yeah. it's on the way now. That's been tough. I know that came up a lot in the Slack channel this week that um, the shipping to the UK was uh, nearly the cost of the pen because these are not expensive pen, which which what makes them, uh, you know, very sought after, and then and they sell out real quick. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope you're happy now. I bought one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's a good purchase i this just looks like you i just thought this would be you regardless um of you know whether you're yeah I, I i don't know i just thought man michael michael liked this one and i was yeah. i was very wrong i'm rarely wrong about your tastes and uh i missed the boat on that one i will admit you weren't wrong okay like okay. i i i like it i do really like it i think it's great looking but okay. i did okay. i just didn't buy it immediately and then i was kind of just fine with letting it go yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. I, I still, out of the limited ones that I have, I still use the Vintage Surf more than any. That's been my favorite Retro Fifty One release. No, I I love the the uh, the Swish, the basketball. Oh uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Still I didn't get that, that one. I didn't get that one. So what about this new Twisby release, the Eco or Echo? I guess we're calling. I guess we'll go with Eco. Eco friendly. Um, oh, the Andersons you... do have it actually. Oh, good. I wish I would have bought it from there. I'll put that in the show notes too. All right, good. So they'll probably have this Twisby Eco that's coming out in mid-July. What do you think about this uh, addition to the Twisby line at like a $28 price point? What do you think, Joe? Well, I think Eco stands for economical, I believe, as it was originally explained. Uh, This this pen's been in the works for a really long time. Yeah, like two years, probably. At least a year. I'm probably going to pass on it. Yeah, I'm a. I like Twisby, and I have a. I have the one of the orange aluminum 580s, but I'm I'm happy with that. Mm-hmm. And if I buy anything else from Twisby, it will probably be a secondhand Micarta or mm-hmm. just some other nibs for my 580, which I'll get customized. Did you see? And I just saw this before the show notes came out. They found an extra box of the version two Micarta in their warehouse and are offering through them through sale, uh, okay. just until they run out of them. I did not. Yeah. And I will probably buy one tonight and break <laughs> my break break my very publicly self and public self imposed yeah. hiatus. Hey, yeah. I won't link that publicly so uh anyone listening now can go check that uh there are check bucks. that post. 
Yeah, hundred bucks, and they're only through Twisby.com, and they're only till they have them. They were literally cleaning the warehouse, found a box of them, and you know they had already listed them out of stock. So now they're going to resell these this last batch with clip or with, without clip with clip with clip. So All these right. are what the gold clip, gold nib. Well, I'm putting it in the show notes, Joe. So you need to rush as soon as yeah. the show's done. No, it gives everyone uh, it gives everyone a few hours. You know, if you're if you're listening live now or or recording live, uh, as you much. Um, why, Joe? Why are you interested in in the Macar? Just out of interest, just a unique material. It's a look. It's a look that it's really hard. That's really hard to find on a pen anywhere. I think the only other company that's done a Micarta pen is Sailor. Sailor had mm-hmm. a limited edition Micarta pen, and it cost a fortune. It's a super. It was a king of pens, I think, Micarta, which is their super high end, probably, probably over a thousand dollars. Because um, I don't like the way this pen looks. Sure, that I agree with you. It and looks like it was put in a box and forgotten about. Sure, I you know? until I used one myself, I didn't realize that how much I liked it, and that was a. I completely agree with you, Mike, and especially since the version ones came with the clip, I went with the clipless one, which is generally. That's why I was asking Joe earlier. You know, does he get clips a lot? Because I usually don't get clips if I have a choice. Uh, just a personal preference thing. So when the version two Micarta came out and I had been loaned a version one one with the clip, the version two came out with the clip. Not only had I had chance to use one and found that I like it. Oh, all of a sudden there's one without a clip. But yeah, I'll, I'll buy this and, and like it. Although like a lot of people with Micarta, uh, the Micarta, Twisby Micarta, it had some feet issues. Um, so I have like permanent stains on my Micarta, but I still love the pen because it fits and feels so great. And I don't know whether the gold clip on the micarta might keep me from springing for this, as opposed to just holding out for a clipless one on eBay. Yeah, yeah, it's a a bright clip, mm-hmm. if you will. It really it stands is. out. It stands out. All right, so this eco, which I, you're right, economical. The retail price is going to be twenty eight ninety nine. What do you think about this pen, Mike? Um, I'm wondering. So. Uh, is it eco like do we know is it eco is in economical or is it like an eco friendly pen? So, so that's what uh, Joe was just saying. Yeah, think I know. I know e- that economical. Do you, do you think do you know it's that Joe or do you think that's what it is? I, I remember hearing that somewhere. That like just because it's cheaper. It, it was going. It was going to be the economy model for Twisty. Gotcha. Yeah, that that makes total sense. This is going up against. Uh, Lamy Safari, right? Right in that price range. This will be in the conversation with the Pilot Metropolitan. I think it looks good. I will absolutely buy one. I mean, it's a piston filler for less than 30 bucks. That's pretty good. You can see they went the economic route on the nib units um, and feeds. They're not the screw-in units like you get with the 580s and that entire lineup. Um, It looks like a friction fit nib and feed, which is actually kind of cool as being someone who prefers to have like two or three extra nibs for no good reason whatsoever. Um, it looks like they'll be easily swappable and you can probably, uh, do some different things with this pen, you know, as you go. So it'll be interesting to see. I think it'll do really well. Um, and I, I think it looks pretty good. I'd probably go with like a white one. I'm full out down on Twisby again though. Again? Yeah. Why? What do you, uh, another mini broke. Uh, the same one that was replaced already the first time. Yeah, so I think we're this... on to our third between gotcha. between the two of us now because I gave her mine and that broke. So we've gone through three of them, and she's not, like, careless. It's just something sure. happens. Like, one of the pieces snaps. Like, either the piston inside breaks or um, the piece that I don't understand why this keeps breaking. I've had this break on two now. The grip just detaches from the body. Yeah, um, like it. So it's like a full, almost like a clean break. I've seen pictures of that. I, yeah. I've had a grip break on a Twisby Mini, and that's the only Twisby that I've had problems with. Yes, yeah, I've I, had problems. With I the only Macarta. had problems on the 540 ROC, but that's because there was a problem in that line of 540s that they fixed. Right. Um, but it was just the cap snapped. Yep. Uh, there was like a hairline fracture in the cap, which ended up giving way. But they fixed that for me. But I've had two minis now die to the grip breaking off, and I, I'm not I'm not keen on on them at the moment. Um, yeah. Like, so I I will never. How should I say this? I people who really dislike Twisbees because of the quality control issues. It's a totally legit argument. I, I, I'm a huge Twisby fan, as you know, but I'm not going to 
pretend that there's not gobs and gobs of issues with with the pen. So yep. yeah, I there, love there's their definitely issues there. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. their products. I do not love their quality. Yeah. So um, word word in the chat room is that the Macarta the found lost and found Macarta box is already sold out. So no Macarta oh. for you. <laughs> Man. Yeah. That was quick. Well, it was probably already sold out before we linked to it. But I, I, they didn't say how many were in the box that they found. I, no, at least not that I saw. Well, that'll but, be another thing on my list for the DC show this year. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to talk about that. DC pin show. You coming, Mike? Mm. Uh, they, <laughs> th- this has just sold out because I was on this page a moment ago. And now it says the variant is sold out. Please select another. That, that wasn't there. <laughs> so somebody bought the last one in our chat room. They're going to hold it hostage for Joe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're going to get an email or a Slack chat here later. Hey, you know that McCarta you were talking about? <laughs> All right. We got a bunch more to get to. And uh, we haven't even uh, scratched the surface with the gentleman stationer. Um, so let's talk about one of our really, really good friends, Michael. That's such a great idea. This week's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Squarespace. You can start building your website today at squarespace.com and use the offer code INC at checkout. It's going to get you 10% off. Squarespace, build it beautiful. When it comes to finding a place for yourself on the internet, there is nowhere better than Squarespace, and that comes with both mine and Brad's guarantee to it. We love it. We both use Squarespace for our own projects, and we couldn't be happier. I've used Squarespace on various projects in the past. Right now, I have MikeHurley.net at Squarespace. Relay's blog and Relay's store is at Squarespace as well. Um, And then, of course, Brad has Pen Addict and Knockco over at Squarespace. And that is because they can give you a site that looks professionally designed and you don't need to worry about any coding or anything like that. No matter what your skill level is, that doesn't matter. Maybe you just don't want to be bothered to do these things. Like you've been doing this stuff forever or you maybe you do some of these kinds of things in your day job and you just don't want to have to worry about it. You want a website that's going to look fantastic, it's going to have great, easy-to-use tools and is always going to stay up. It's going to have state-of-the-art technology and always be secure and stable. This is the stuff that Squarespace can give you, and they are trusted by millions of people around the world and have some of the most respected brands using their platform. All of their templates, all of their um, the, the beautiful designs that you can have over at Squarespace feature responsive design. This means that basically your site is going to look good on all devices. It's going to look great on mobile phones. It's going to look great on tablets, desktops. It doesn't matter how people are looking at your website. They're going to get a fantastic design throughout. They have 24-7 support with live chat and email. So if you do get stuck with anything or you need any tips um, or you need any guidance, they have teams located in New York, Dublin and Portland who are there to help you anytime, day or night. Uh, I mentioned that both me and Brad both use Squarespace's commerce platform. So we use it at Relay and Notco use it as well. This is basically gives the, the ability for anybody to add a store to their site and it has inventory information. You can set up shipping information too. It really, really is awesome. And you can basically set everything up and you can sell physical goods and digital goods. They have their cover page where you can build great looking single page websites and just so much more. If you sign up for a year at Squarespace, you'll also get yourself a free domain name and their plans start at just $8 a month. You can start a free trial today by going over to squarespace.com. And when you decide to sign up, make sure that you use the offer code INC, I-N-K, to get 10% off your first purchase and also show your support for the Pen Addict podcast. We thank you so much to Squarespace for their help out today and always for supporting us at Relay FM. Squarespace, build it beautiful. All right, so, so JetPens did a really cool article last week. It's a blue-black fountain pen ink comparison. And it's not just like this little comparison. It's like a full-blown um, chart of swabs of all the blueback inks they stock. A classification of, you know, is it a neutral blue-black? You know, like a, a fair mixture of blues and blacks. Does it lean towards a darker black? Does it lean towards a lighter blue? Does it lean towards teal? Does it have um, various water resistance properties? It's a super, super thorough. And I, I bring this up. You know, a lot of companies do this and have these great charts, but I'm just, I'm a blue-black ink aficionado. 
I mean, that's my that's my wheelhouse. Um, you know, uh, the the six pins I I'm carrying right now are seven pins. You know, probably five of them have blue black ink of some variety in here. And this is a really good chart that I hope they do more of. Like they list an ink color, they list what color group it belongs to. Um, I tend to like looking at the color swabs. I tend to um, lean towards the neutral color group. Um, it's, which is, you know, your very traditional blue, black inks, Lamy blue, black, Pelican, Edelstein, Tanzanite, Palich, Orosuzuku, Shinkai, Sailor, Gentle, blue, black. Those are probably four of my favorite blue blacks right there. So that's definitely my, uh, wheelhouse as far as shade goes. And then you can go down to the bottom of the, uh, chart and you can check the water resistance. You can check, you know, the tone. You can check. They even have like the price chart in there, you know, and based on, um, you know, how much the ink costs. And I just thought it was a really good, uh, they did a really good job on this one. I haven't seen them dupe very much, and and I'm not, I'm gonna put a call out to Elaine at JetPens, and I would like to know why they do not have a public RSS feed for their blog, because uh, because I would have seen this sooner <laughs> if I could get an RSS feed for this. So I guess I'll just have to roll my own. There's plenty of sites that you can roll your own, but I would like a um a, an RSS feed of the uh, JetPens blog. So make that happen, Elaine, please. Um. So which blue black are you going to go buy now after reading this, Mike? Or do you need you need an orange chart? Is that what you need? Yeah, I need different. Yeah, that's what I need. Come on, <laughs> an orange chart for me. I'm not a blue black guy. I think that would be pretty high on the list of charts to make. To be quite honest, um, blue blacks, oranges, and probably reds. Reds, I would second. Yeah, yeah, I think reds uh, would probably be the next up, and and then after that, orange would be a pretty short chart. Um, reds and greens are probably up there pretty highly. But this is a great comparison with all the different tests and swabs and writing samples that she goes through. And then she goes into an incredible amount of detail on the properties of the various inks. Yeah. It, it's a really, really good chart. So um, I, I can't imagine how long this would uh, put put together. It would it would take me forever. So I, I'm glad that they take the time and effort. And, you know, a lot of the pen companies, pen vendors, you know, put this effort in, you know, for their customers. So when they get all these questions, they can just point them to these pages, right? I mean, it's definitely uh, self-serving. Uh, it's, you know, in their best interest as a business to do this, but it shows that they are actually thinking about the community too, the way they present this information. You know, they're not like shouting at you. They're like giving you information you can make decisions off of, uh, which I like. All right, we have a pen blog of the week, Mike, and then we're going to get into uh, the, the gentleman stationer goodness. So our pen blog of the week is one that was brand new to me. I stumbled on it in the Field Nuts group on Facebook. It's called FieldNotesColors.com. And what Andy is doing, Andy is going to review every single colors edition, starting with the most recent and working his most recent workshop companion, and then working his way all the way back to the Butcher Orange. He's got one of each. He's going to start, um, this is a brand new blog, so we'll, we'll give him a, a little push here, and he's going to start uh, start doing a review of every single edition. He thinks he'll do about one per month on there to uh, get through the edition and, and really get into it, but he's already got like a uh, ranking up of his uh, his favorite field notes, and uh, he, he's a, I, I'm definitely a fan of Andy because his number one is Drink Local, which I'm a massive fan of, and his second favorite is Grass Stain Green, which is my personal number one were, uh, joe were you ever a field notes guy at all i don't know that we've even talked about talked about that i am a field notes guy I, okay. i'm not a subscriber but i use field notes all the time okay. really just pocket notebooks in general um, i started with uh, night sky okay cool cool um so yeah check this out field notes colors pen blog of the week and uh seems good like jo- a good weird job, url to have though <laughs> I as, feel it's, like, as it's too close to what uh, the company is? Is that what you're saying? I mean, they have something they call colors. Uh, I'm surprised Andy was able to get this. <laughs> is is my one thing. But um, I'm not going to lie to you. When I read it, I went, huh. <laughs> I thought that you'd put a field notes URL in there by accident. Sure. I would... I, I, Far be it from me to, to, to tell people what to do. But if I was Andy, I would just send an email to Field Notes to send their way and just make sure they're okay with this. <laughs> Especially now we've spoken about it. <laughs> way to go, Mike. Now you got Andy puckering a little bit. I'm just saying, you know, I want Andy, Andy to be uh, hey, very good ava- about this stuff. It but... was available. It was available. It's not yeah. Andy's, Andy's problem. You're yeah. a lawyer. Fair use. <laughs> Fair use, Michael. Okay. Look, just trying to look out for everyone here. Yep. Did you see uh, 
everybody was very happy uh, at Field Notes with your uh, your long compa- your long pairings list that you did last <laughs> week. I did see that. That was pretty funny. And uh, I, I I wonder if Brian is. I think Brian's behind. Uh, the the field notes twitter account he was dogging me a little bit about my handwriting you know he was saying it was nice but it's like oh i would assume he would have something like that you know <laughs> and uh yeah I, th- I thought that was funny but they they did like it and uh jim jim tweeted about it as well so i was uh, very appreciative of that that was cool well and i'll just go ahead and insert a little disclaimer there i'm not an ip lawyer so i have absolutely <laughs> no idea whether that constitutes fair use or not but that was I'll the just most, throw that out that there. was the most lawyerly thing you could have <laughs> possibly done on this podcast is to disclaim your advice <laughs> as a lawyer that's that's like all lawyers should have that tattoo right you know disclaimer. this does not constitute this, legal advice this does not constitute legal advice awesome i love it all right so we're ready to talk about uh some gentleman stationer stuff you ready for this all right yeah so joe crace what do you like to be known for well <laughs> That, that's a loaded question. That was, well, I had to do that. I had to put you on the spot right out the gate. So as the gentleman stationer online, what is the, why did you create this blog? Honestly, I created it probably just to give myself an excuse to buy more stuff, to buy more, <laughs> buy more pens and, and paper. And hopefully if I'm completely honest to get a little free sample or something thrown my way every sure. once in a while. Um, you know, in exchange for doing some reviews, but you know, it's kind of turned into a a good experience in the sense that I've met so many great people mm-hmm. doing it. I mean, the people who the people who write in, the people who tweet at me, the people who I've met through Slack at shows, it's just been a lot of fun, and I think it has ultimately kind of given some structure to to what I've done um, in getting into this hobby, what I've done to my wallet in getting into this hobby. <laughs> Uh, what I've done to my house with all the, you know, bins and oh. boxes. And we can talk about that a little bit later. I'm well, trying definitely to talking about that. tone it down a little uh, and and maybe streamline things a little bit more. But uh, it's been a pleasant surprise over the past year. It's been a, it's been a quite a, quite a journey, quite a ride, but it's been a lot of fun. So it's, it's really just has been just over a year. Your end of blog, blog anniversary. That's a terrible word. I should be sued for that. Don't ever um, say that word again. How about, uh, <laughs> Vidcast. Ugh, what are you doing to me? <laughs> so, so Joe's anniversary uh, for writing the Gentleman Station was just on uh, June the second. And when I read that, when I was you know doing research for this for this podcast, I was like, that can't be right. He's been doing this for like years. I mean, that's how. When I read your blog and your voice, and this is before even meeting you in at the Atlanta Pen Show in April, I was like, this. I I love. Like how you present things, how you word things, you know, all of your reviews, all of your topics that you talk about, like you've been doing this forever. Honestly, it's just like, you know, just you rolled up, you know, planted a flag and you were just going to town. It it, it seems to come easy to you. Do you find I mean, I, obviously you enjoy doing it, but do you feel like it, it kind of comes easy to you? Because that's what I see when I read your stuff. Well, I guess it comes easy in the sense that it. I've been doing this for a long time and in the sense that I've always been preaching at people trying to get them to use different pens as I'm su- as I'm sure we all all have <laughs> uh, but it, I had a lot of false starts along the way I, I had written some reviews uh, put some up on FPN Fountain Pen Network um, FP geeks there's some there's some of those early reviews floating around out there which I enjoyed but um, you know I, I think that I, I was really looking for a way to to, to get to more people to mm. to um, see if I could put some stuff out there that more people would want to read. So I decided to go with my own blog. It's a Squarespace blog, which I've been oh, incredibly nice. happy with. Uh, it's incredibly easy, uh, and you know, I couldn't have asked for a better a better experience. I had a false start with WordPress, but Squarespace has been great. Checks in the um, post. <laughs> <laughs> I also just whilst I've jumped in now, I'm just going to jump in again mm-hmm. uh, via the ever amazing Doug Beal in the chat room who has bugged jet pens and they have they have confirmed <laughs> that they do actually have an RSS feed for their blog at jetpens.com slash blog slash feed. I, could, I tried to play around and tried to search for it and I tried to find the, the right so phraseology I. and I tried to find the link for it and I kept failing. And I, I tried find slash it. RSS with a couple oh. of different things but it's actually slash feed. Nice. Okay. Thank and you And they're going to look into an orange ink comparison. <laughs> Live chat room, baby. <laughs> That's the way to go. Um, so 
excuse me. Um, when when I met you in Atlanta, it was the first time we'd met, and you know, we I think we probably chatted online a few times before mm-hmm. that. You know, and said we wanted to make sure to get together in Atlanta. I came to find out that you were kind of an experienced pin show traveler visitor. Um, do you? You seem to. You definitely get around more than I do as far as to other regional pin shows, things like that. So tell me about like, you know, why you're making these journeys, probably even before you started this blog. Well, I, I had been to one or two before mm-hmm. I started the blog. I'd been to DC once, and then I had been to the Columbus, uh, Ohio show. Um, the DC show I had gone to because it coincided with a work trip. Mm-hmm. I was in DC for work. I saw that the DC show was going on that weekend. So I just arranged to stay for an extra day and go and see it. And awesome. that show is such an incredible experience that when you go once, your reaction is, how could I not be going to this thing every year? Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's amazing. It's huge. It's uh, anything you would could possibly want to see is there. And that's really the only one. With the exception of Atlanta, that's really the only one that I've been attending with any regularity for about the past three years. Okay. I just, you know, arrange a work trip. Um, I have an uh, I have an office up in DC, mm-hmm. so the company that I work for does, uh, and so I it's easy to arrange a time to go there to where which can coincide with doing doing some work up in Washington, spend the weekend, visit friends. So you're going this year, mm-hmm. right? I will be. So I'm going this year. And a bunch of people are going this year that were in Atlanta at the Atlanta Pen Show. Some other people are making the trip uh, to D.C. that we didn't get a chance to meet in Atlanta. So we definitely want to do some kind of meetup, and we'll we'll work on this as it as it gets closer. Try to try to define something because uh, stop trying to make me jealous over there. Oh, we will. I mean, there's no doubt when I, I fully expect this to be a, a pretty pretty good uh, pen attic meetup and uh, pen show. Pin show, um, uh, something. London to DC should be an easy flight, Mike. Do you know, I'm just looking at when it is. <laughs> uh, 16th of August, I think. Starting 13th at least to right 16th? Around. Yeah, something that, that right? sounds rightish, yeah. It runs Thursday to Sunday. It's a full four days. Yes. So Jeff and I are arriving Thursday and leaving Monday morning. When are you, when are you getting there? Probably Friday morning and coming back Sunday night. Okay. So yeah, we'll we'll do something. We'll definitely have some meetups, have some stuff scheduled, and something you put in the show notes that you wanted to talk about because it came up in our in the pen attic Slack room is that it's gotten around now that Bung Box is going to be there. And just to clarify a little bit, uh, the lady whose name escapes me that owns Bung Box, she will be attending the show. Bung Box will not have a table at the show. Um, I know this because we're working. Jeff and I are working for Vaness Pens on Saturday and Sunday who sells all the bung box inks. And now that it's kind of out there, um, you know, that was, that's, that's pretty much what's happening, but she's gonna, she's gonna be there attending the show. So that should be super cool. Um, when you go to a show like DC, besides the Twizby McCarta, what, what's, do you have like an idea of what you are looking for? Because from the Atlanta pen show until now, you know, I've really kind of fit in, like all the purchases I've wanted to make recently. And, and if I started to make a list for DC, it would be blank. Essentially. I don't have any, like I need to hunt this down. I'll just kind of let it come to me. If I see something great, what, what do you do like heading into like this show? Cause it's, it's a big show. It's a big show and it, it is really easy to get carried away and bankrupt yourself over the course of four days. <laughs> but uh, you know, I try to set a budget up front. Uh, normally I have one or two things on my list that I absolutely want to go see. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily that I want to buy because as always happens, a lot of times I'll go and I'll see something there and realize that it's not at all what I expected it to sure, be. Sure. And I end up not buying it. So I, I normally go there with, you know, a budget, uh, one or two things that I'm really interested in and then just kind of let it happen. Yeah. yeah. I, I think if I'm going to list out anything, I it would be a general term. I'd look, I'm going to look for some pilot vintage stuff because you're just not going to find, this is one show where people actually travel from around the world to get to, um, as opposed to Atlanta, which is, is more contained as far as who's going to show up. And this is a good show for modern pens too, mm-hmm. as opposed to vintage. A lot of the pen shows around the country, other than DC and LA. And, you know, there was a fair amount of modern stuff in Atlanta too this year, but DC really is, uh, I would say 60, 40 vintage versus modern. That's good. I I would say that's a, a a good mix and abnormally high than, you know, more so than, you know, what you would experience in Atlanta. But I think let's talk about the vintage thing for 
a second because a lot of people always ask about vintage pens or vintage pens versus modern. And I've always said in the past that, you know, I'm a fan of vintage pens, but that's not something I'm going to buy online. That's something I want to touch, hold, talk to the person who restored it. And, and at a pen show, that's kind of the key thing. You know, if you're looking for anything vintage, like you're a fan and looking on your blog, um, you're a fan of a lot of Parker stuff, like your vacuumatics. I've just seen pictures of, they look beautiful. They look like really nice specimens of the vacuumatic, if you will, and the Parker 51s as well. They're, they're really nice. So what's your, what's your take? Like when you're shopping for vintage and how you're going about purchasing these things and adding them to your collection. When I'm, when I'm looking at vintage stuff, I mean, I typically look at vintage stuff from the perspective of a user. If, if I'm going to buy a pen and spend $150, $200 on a pen, I, I want to be able to use it. I'm, I'm not, I'm past the point where I'm going to buy something simply for the sake of collecting and letting it sit in the box and not, and not use it at all. But, uh, the uh, Brad and I are looking at the chat room. I do not have a fishing vest. I will. I, I do not wear one of those pin show fishing vests. And, Mike, do you have a pin show fishing vest? No, but I feel like I need one. Yeah, you know, totally in Atlanta next year, we're going to get everyone pin show fishing vests and just walk around. Is this something that I've missed? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, when you see a lot of the old guys that do uh, most of the, a lot of the repair guys. Um, like you see those fly fishing vests that have like eight pockets on the front, right? And they're just loaded to bear with, uh, you know, all their fountain pen goodness. And it's just like, you know, 30 pounds worth, <laughs> worth of gear strapped to their front of their chest. If you go on any of the forums, like a lot of times uh, Fountain Pen Network or FP Geeks will have show write-ups by people who, who take pictures and have gone to a show and will write summaries. And without exception, there's always some comment from some very confused person who you just can't get over what what's with the fishing vests it's pretty amazing yeah so we'll, we'll have to find you some fishing vest uh fish, fishing vest pictures but yeah um we got sidetracked there but that was that was too good too good to pass up but out of your your personal collection do you do you think you skew towards modern do you skew towards vintage or do you just skew towards what you like Probably more towards just what I like, which as of recently has been more modern. Mm -hmm. um, the vintage stuff, I, you know, the Vacuumatic is a great pen. The Parker 51 is a great pen. And they're great pens from the perspective of bearing the test of time well. They carry the year as well. You know, they're, they're simple pens. They don't have a whole lot of moving parts, so there's not that much to break. Yeah. And at least with the Vacuumatic and the, and the 51, now there are some manufacturers out there who are actually manufacturing replacement parts for I've these pens this. so mm -hmm. that you can fix them. Um, I believe I, that Anderson's bought one of the Vacuumatic companies uh, a year or two ago that made us some small part or something like that. Uh, I, I think that was Snorkel okay. for the Snorkel, Snorkel. the Snorkel okay. Solutions. And the Snorkel is another great vintage yeah, pen. Yeah, that's one that, I want. That's a lot. It, that's a lot, actually a lot of fun to work on by yourself. It's not an incredibly complicated repair. But, you know, some, some pens, uh, older Schaefer's, uh, some pens made out of older celluloids can be very brittle. And you can't use them in the same way that you can use a modern pen or some of the sturdier vintage stuff. You can't carry it with you. You can't put it in your pocket uh, without running the risk of it getting scratched up or broken. And that's something I just kind of want to avoid. I've had some of those pens and at the end of the day, it's not worth the headache of worrying about it. I don't, I don't want to worry that I'm going to break it by taking it with me to work yeah. and dropping it on the, on the carpet. Right. Right. Um, which is something you do really have to be legitimately concerned about. Oh, totally. I, I've shot ink across the table. Um, on, as I, I reminded myself in the Mental Floss article, I, I did that with a Parker Vac and Rohr and Klingner Alt Gold Groon across a uh, table in a conference room uh, one day during a meeting. It was pretty cool. I don't think anyone saw me, but uh, how my, did you my hands that? were green. I didn't. I think I just kind of rolled the notebook over it and just kind of swiped it with my hand and, and got it off the table. And, you know, people were paying attention to, uh, to what they should have been paying attention to while I was, while I was or something, <laughs> you know, it's those, I don't know, polyurethane plasticky conference <laughs> tables, you know, they don't, they don't really hold ink very well. They're, they're made to clean everybody's germs off, you know, when you're done. So yeah, they reject ink. All right, I want to I want to talk more about ink. I have a very important ink question to ask Joe, and then we're going to get into uh, a more serious topic and one I really want to uh, to discuss. So, uh, why don't you talk about a seriously awesome pen company that is our second sponsor for today? 
This week's episode of The Pen Addict is brought to you by our friends over at Karis Customs. They are an awesome pen maker based in Mesa, Arizona. All of their stuff is made in their shop and they are proud to be based in the US of A, which is super important for something I'm going to tell you about in a moment. Karis Customs make fantastic products. They make the Randy K, they make the ink, they make the bolt and the retract, which you can now get in gorgeous two-tone colors as well, which look fantastic. You will have seen these pens all over the internet because they look incredible. They make them out of great materials, aluminium, brass, or copper. You can choose the materials that you like the look of the most, the ones that you know that you feel have the right balance and weight and texture for you. They have three great choices that you can make. They do some awesome colors as well that you can choose from as well. And, and you know, some, with some of their pens, with the ink, for example, you can also choose the what you want the grip section to be made out of, and you can end up with some really cool uh, combinations as well, which we spoke about a bunch on this show. Like Brad has what's known as the Iron Man. Uh, which is the, oh, you can hear him pinging it there, uh, which is the red with the brass. Is it brass, right? Yeah. The brass grip? Brass, yeah, brass section. And uh, yeah, I actually, it was part of my blog post today on, on what I've been carrying the most recently. I love this pen. Um, just the the weight, feel, build, the way it writes. Um, and it looks cool on, on top of that. So yeah, I, I love this pen. Huge fan of the ink. And one of the reasons they are so great and one of the reasons that we love them so much is that Karis Custom stuff is, is made with quality in mind. They take great care with their materials. They take great care in production. They want to make sure that they can give you the best pen they could possibly do. I'm a huge fan. They make amazing stuff and uh, I buy everything that they make because I know that it's going to be made by pen addicts like us for pen addicts like us. They have a real connection with their customers over at Karis as well. Um, Dan from Karis Customs is always in our chat room as well when we record, and they're great parts of the Slack community that we have, and just in general, just great parts of the Pen Addict community. You can get yourself a great 15% off uh, for just for listeners of the Pen Addict if you use the code PENADDICT at checkout. Um, this is their Independence Day sale, which ends on July 6th. So support a homegrown American business and buy something cool from Karis Customs. Thank you so much to Karis Customs for their support again of this show. We love you guys. So I was already a huge fan of Joe and the Gentleman Stationer before um, before this podcast. Um, you know, he, he's a great guy. We hit it off immediately. But what I didn't know and what makes me uh, love him even further, he's a big fan of the uh, Sailor Gentle Apricot ink, right? I, I didn't know this about Best you. orange ink ever. Yeah. What do you think about that, Mike? I don't know that ink very well. I, I've heard people talk about it, but I don't know if I've ever seen it. I definitely haven't used it. Okay. I, I need to send you a sample because I, yeah. I just got a bottle in from a from a wonderful reader who was not using it and, and sent it to me because I had drained my last bottle. It's one of the only ink bottles I've drained completely. Um, you know, probably in the past year or two. And um, I, I will send you a sample of that because I, I would be interested to see because I don't think it compares to Fuyugaki at all. They're so, so different. Fuyugaki is much darker and deeper and Apricot is lighter and is much more shading. Um, have you hoarded this ink or have you found a suitable replacement? I only have two bottles of it and I switch inks a lot. It's mm -hmm. one thing I'm trying to get better about just kind of consolidating my ink collection. But I think the other orange ink that I like, which is sort of comparable, it's a, it's not quite as vibrant as Yu Yake by okay. Hiroshizuku. Yeah, I just bought one of those mini bottles of it just so I can try it, but I haven't inked anything up with it. I thought that was actually closer than the Fuyugaki, mm -hmm. which is super orange, which is a great looking ink. It's just too orange for me. Yeah. Apricot has almost a, a nice golden yellow mm -hmm. hue to it, and a couple of the ones that I that I'd like to try... But I think ultimately it might be too expensive for a good general replacement or some of the bung box orange yeah. inks. I know. I, I've looked at pictures of those, and I, I'm going to look at that at DC. That's going to be high on, on my list. And um, I don't know if uh, the Kobe uh, inks will be there or not. Um, they apparently have a couple colors um, that are at least one color that's ballpark uh, in, in the same realm. I know... Uh, that, that would be something to look for. I think it may actually be called Apricot. Okay. Something, I, 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 something you know what? I think apricot. you're right. I think you're right, actually. So, yeah, that's one to one to check out. But people have been on the hunt for this Apricot replacement, and it's uh, so far been a fruitless endeavor. See what I did there? I have nothing to say to you. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's professional podcasting. Don't you know that? I really don't think it is. <laughs> 
that was terrible and we're all about terrible here so yeah it's uh we could almost do a whole podcast on sailor apricot but that'd be awfully boring um but one of these days someone's gonna find and and come up with a a really good replacement that ink just does things on the paper that no other orange inks do and um it, it, it's hard to match, which is it, – it's sad that they did away with it. Well, one other thing to throw out there, depending on the bottle you get, mm-hmm. Noodler's Apache Sunset can look like apricot. Yeah, I, I love Apache Sunset. That's a really, really great ink. It's a little – if you just picture the terms, it's definitely more fallish mm-hmm. flavor. It's got that hint of brown more than the apricot does. But it shades similarly to mm-hmm. the apricot, and you get those yellows and golds in there too. Um, it's just a slight, uh, slightly more on the darker side, but it's really, really good. I, I prefer that over uh, like Fuyugaki too. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll have to try the uh, the Yuyaki when I when I get home. It's sitting on my desk, so I want to try that. I don't like the name Apache Sunset um, because it makes me think of napalm. Mm. Well, you can get Noodler's Napalm too. I mean, yeah, I know, Dragon's I know napalm. that it's Dragon Dragon's Napalm. That's like intense orange. It's reddish orange, I think. So yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm I'm with you on that. I mean, if if nothing else, uh, Nathan Tardif can come up with interesting names uh, for his inks. Yeah, like Heart <laughs> of Darkness, for example. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't hesitate to uh, be controversial or uh, or throw shade at anyone when he's uh, he's coming up with an ink name, which I you know, I, I guess I got to give it to him. He's a it seems like an interesting dude. All right. So this is a big topic, and we'll wrap up the show on this, um, but it's kind of got a lot I want to cover here and a lot um, to ask both Joe and, and Mike on. So Joe recently did a post called on the Gentleman Stationer. It's about two weeks ago, I guess. Uh, it's called A Searching and Fearless Inventory. And this is something you see talked about in the pen community a lot to where – a lot of us, I say we, the collective we, not just we sitting here, we as fountain pen users, stationary users, get into this habit, and I, th- I thought you put it well, is, you know, we're buying stuff just because we can buy it, and we're not necessarily buying it because we have a specific use case for it. You know, we're buying because we should buy it, right? We feel we're in this community. Someone's released something new, a new ink, a new pencil, a new notebook. We should buy it or we feel like we should buy it, but should we really? I mean, that's that's kind of the dilemma a lot of us have a lot of the times. Well, I think there's a FOMO aspect of it too, just a fear, a fear of missing out on the mm-hmm. next big thing, sure. the next big thing that everybody's crazy about that everyone's talking about and that you're not going to you're not going to get in on it. Yeah, you don't want to miss out. If you don't buy it now, it's going to sell out or they're going to quit making it by the time you ever get around to it, you're never going to see it again. Raising my hand guilty as charged here. You guys did it to me like 35 <laughs> minutes ago. <laughs> Now that's just passing the blame, Michael. No, because I didn't like it was in the idea. Like I've been trying to calm down some of my purchases recently, so I'm able to let things go a little bit easier when I see them go by. And then you guys just won't stop talking about the retro fifty ones that then I have to go and buy it. You know, we have a podcast about pins, right? Say what now? <laughs> so, Joe, what what brought this about, and how are you? making changes in in what your habits are well i think what brought it about was that i was sitting at my desk working from home one friday trying to get something done and i just found myself getting completely distracted by these piles of pens and paper and bottles of ink and all this other stuff sitting on my desk i mean i had i think i might have had like nine or 10 inked fountain pens sitting on a tray in front of me and you know i'm trying to write i'm trying to write something and put a brief together or a paper together that I had to get out that afternoon. And I, you know, oh, maybe I shouldn't be using this pen. I haven't used this one in about a week. Oh, look at all, what am I going to do about all these pencils I have in this cups? I, I mean, I bought these three months ago and I haven't even gone through two of them. It just got very distracting. And, you know, on top of that, you had the stuff that you had, that I had purchased, but have never gotten around to using that I might've reviewed, but it decide, ultimately decided it wasn't for me. And it, as you accumulate more and more of this stuff, it has a weight to it that you're, you're carting it around. You've got to move it out of the way. And, but it, there's also a psychological aspect to it where, you know, you've got all this unused stuff sitting around almost like a full, full email inbox. 
or <laughs> yeah. a backlog of book of unread books, at some point you you've almost just kind of got to declare bankruptcy and move forward. I, I thought it was interesting in your post how you kind of as you were inventorying everything, you were like going around the house and you're like taking pictures and there's like, you know, there you have like your desk stuff and stuff here. Then there's stuff on shelves and then you're like finding cabinets where there's like ink jammed in the back corner. There's, it gets out of hand really <laughs> easily. If you're, if you're not, if you're not careful or have some kind of, you know, more stricter focus on what you're going to actually use as opposed to what you are going to buy. And I, it's hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, when, which sounds silly. It's like, just don't buy it, Brad. You know, just stop buying that stuff. And, you know, you, you do get wrapped up in that, mm-hmm. in that missing out thing. And I have tried, I thought it was, it's kind of been telling to me in my personal carrying stuff, stuff that I use the most, how I've like actually stripped out a bunch of stuff out of my backpack that I haven't been using. Mm-hmm. Like I would max out my backpack because I could. Right. And that doesn't mean I should be carrying all that stuff. I'm sure as hell not going to use all that stuff. So I've got it really narrowed down. And I thought my post today was kind of like a culmination of that. But if it's short lived, it kind of defeats the whole purpose. So like, how are you going to manage this, you know, going forward? Are you, are you doing something like specifically to say, okay, my next purchase has to meet X criteria. I think for now what I'm doing, for a while I've been doing the one in one out on pen purchases, that if I'm going to add a new pen to my collection, I'm going to get rid of something that I haven't been using. And I've been been pretty good about that over the past six months to a year. Um, In terms of ink, that's where I'm really going crazy because I like to, you know, I like to change my ink colors. Um, I I guess I'm probably more of an ink collector as opposed to a pen collector Mm -hmm. at this point. Uh, And I, I don't have a crazy amount of ink, you know, crazy being a relative standard in our in our group of, of people um, I don't have I don't have hundreds of bottles like like some people out there <coughs> Thomas Hall but the um, I think I'm just going to be more intentional about what I buy that I have to really really like it it has to be something that truly is a limited uh, a limited edition and it has to speak to me. Right. I'm not buying it simply because it's a limited edition that's going to be scarce and I'm going to want to be able to say that I have a bottle of it. Right. You're I I think we're on the same page like I'm a I'm a huge fan of limited editions but I purchase them to use them. I don't purchase them to sit on a shelf and say, "Hey, I have this limited edition." Because I'm never going to sell it. I I I say that and that's a little extreme, but I don't go into it looking to sell anything that I buy, especially in a limited edition. I look to use literally everything I buy. Um, and I think I've been pretty good about that, except now the stack of stuff I need to use has gotten really, really large. And I'm actually, that's money that I've spent that's just sitting there that I've I haven't used and it could be sitting there for six months until I get to it kind of thing. And I think one thing that I'm, I'm toying with the idea of just putting everything on autopilot, there are certain things that I bought that I like to buy that I know that I know that I will get, which, you know, the field notes colors, sure. Um, the new Palomino, uh, I'm blanking the, uh, uh black wing yeah. volumes, which are volumes. gorgeous. Yes. Um, Stuff like that, I might just go ahead and subscribe, bite the bullet and subscribe so I know that I have that stuff mm-hmm. coming to me and I don't have to think about it, which kind of will free me up mm-hmm. a little bit from the burden of having to make the decision, oh, is this something that I really want to dive in right, right now? Um, but in terms of ink, I think I'm just going to go cold turkey and use what I've got. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So have you – I know you've been selling some pens. Have you been selling – do you sell off any ink or are you just kind of, you're just going to start plowing through the, the stash and, and really, you know, inking up, you know, as many different things as you can, as you, as kind of, as you go. I've sold off some ink. Uh, I have a lot of, one thing that I noticed is that I had a lot of similar colors. You know, I had, you know, four or five dusty purple inks. Mm, sure. All of which looked approximately identical to yep. one another. Yep. I don't need that many bottles. I chose the two that I liked and sold the rest. Yeah. 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 Like I'll, I'll get in a fight about, um, like the smallest uh, change in a blue black ink. And it's like, they're so similar. Any person's not going to, not going to notice this at all. So Mike, let me ask you, do you go through bouts? I don't want to call it buyer's remorse, but just more of a, just why do I need all this stuff? Do, am I justifying this stuff? Am I using the stuff that I'm buying? You know, we, we talk about, we had a whole podcast on stuff not too long ago, and this is still that same kind of, kind of, of, 
topic and how do you manage it for for yourself? I have been like this more recently um, after being, you know, completely uh, independent with income, Mm -hmm. right? Yes, right, right, right. So like since I... uh, since I became full-time with Relay, I've bought way less pen stuff than ever before. Mm-hmm. Just because I feel like I'm just trying to be a bit more reserved. And so, like, I didn't make any large purchases until the pen show. I don't have mm-hmm. any intention of making any large purchases for a while. Um, like, for example, I've, I have continued to use every single day this Colt Pens mechanical pencil. Yeah, you keep telling me that, um, you know, when we're just chatting, you know on twitter or instant messaging or in slack or something you love that thing that's awesome i I love hearing that like i use it every single day and i love it which is making me now want to try mechanical pencils like in a more serious way (laughs) right but like i felt this way for like three weeks and i still haven't bought the rotring that i want sure but i know i want i know exactly what i want right i want to get a rotring 600 like right that's what i want I've looked at them. I can see I, I could have one here like within yeah. the next couple of days. Right. Uh and it's like twenty three pounds to get one right. from Colt Pens, but I'm just not doing it yet. Right, right. Yeah, I mean I, I think buying with intentions, you know, what Joe said and you actually kinda of mentioned it there in, in passing. I think that's kind of the focus. And as much as we all like stuff, I mean I'm guiltier than anyone because not only do I buy stuff for me, I get stuff just from vendors and and companies and things like that that I just have stacks of and, and have to go through. So I have stuff on top of stuff and, you know, it get, it gets hard to manage sometimes. But, you know, I think, you know, as long as you're focusing on use and actually using the products that that you're purchasing and, you know, that you're falling in love with and sharing with your friends and, you know, getting behind 100%, you know, using them. You know, give them away to people. You know, that's the kind of stuff that uh, I, I think is important. And, you know, you don't want anyone to ever, like, go crazy and, and like, their credit card on fire, you know, with all these purchases and, and have to declare bankruptcy, stationary bankruptcy. You don't want that to happen. You know, if you have one pen you love and one piece of paper that you love, that's all you need. Like, I have no um, intention of stopping buying this stuff because sure. it's one of the things that I love. I'm just... You know, there was a time where I was just buying, just buying stuff. Like, but now, like fountain pen wise, I have a really great selection. Mm-hmm. Um, like a really great selection. The only thing that I collect is retro fifty ones, and it's not. I and purposely, it's not an exhaustive collection. I right. I buy the designs that I like the look of, and I'm happy to own as many as I decide to own. But I have no intention of buying all of them. I let many of them go. Right, and that's a reasonably priced pen. You know, you're not yeah. collecting, you know, thousand dollar pens all of a sudden, and you're like, "How am I going to pay for this?" And you know, your yeah. girlfriend's beating you over the head with your unused fountain pens. Exactly. So I'm just making, you know, I'm just trying to make, like, I'm really happy with my fountain pen stuff right now. I have no mm-hmm. intention of buying more. You know, the only thing that I would maybe get right now would be like a custom. But the reason I'm doing that is because it's the most expensive option available, right? Buying sure, custom sure. stuff. <laughs> so I'm just holding off for a bit. Okay. Yeah, I'm with you. I, you know, I think we, I think we call all kind of understand uh, the the ins and outs of it, but it's a good topic to refresh, um, very frequently. I think because you know, as soon as you write this post, Joe, or as soon as I make this declaration that I'm limiting myself, all of a sudden there's something new and shiny out that's tempting you, right? And you, you know, you you got to see where that fits in, in the grand scheme of things. And, uh, you know, I think it's something good to look at. Well, once you start looking for, for once you stop looking at new stuff, at least for a time, you also get a greater appreciation for the stuff that you already have. And, you know, sometimes it's just fun to go shopping in your, to, you know, metaphorically go shopping in your own ink cabinet yep. and find an ink that you haven't used in a year that you forgot you had. And that's really great. And that That's fun too. I highly recommend that, um, shopping, shopping in your own, uh, in your own cabinet there. That's a, that's a good way to put it because I, I, I do like to find, I believe it or not, Mike and Joe, I've been on a huge Lamy Safari kick recently. Mm. I love that freaking pen and it feels so good to use. And I get so much enjoyment out of that pen, but I bet I hadn't inked up a Safari in well over a year, if not more than that. Um, it, it's a good pen. So yeah, yeah. Shopping at home it, it is a good way to give you that, uh, rush of, uh, of new item stuff. So 
Well, I think that's a wrap, man. Uh, Joe, you were awesome. I really appreciate you coming on the show today. Well, guys, thanks for having me. I've enjoyed it. Would, would you Would you do this again? What my next trip to uh, Tennessee? Absolutely. Yeah, Mike, would, you would have him back, right? I mean, he's awesome. With pleasure. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. the man. So. I'll get that autograph picture in the mail to you <laughs> as, soon as, I, as soon as I get him in. All right, all right, we'll work on that. All right, Mike, take us home. If you want to find our show notes on the internet, you can do that by heading over to relay.fm slash penaddict slash 161. If you want to find us online, I am at imike, I-M-Y-K-E on Twitter. Brad is at dowdyism, D-O-W-D-Y-I-S-M, and he is over at penaddict.com. And Joe, could you just spell out your Twitter account for me? Uh, my Twitter account is at Vintage Gentleman, V-I-N-T-A-G-E. G N T L M N. Yep, I was I looking at it right now, but I just wanted you to do it for me because it's that's a mouthful. But I can see <laughs> you, you do you got to do what you got to do. And Ran you out can of characters. Joe's great work over at gentlemanstationer.com. Thanks again to our sponsors this week, Squarespace and Karis Customs. But most importantly, thank you for listening. We'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, guys. Goodbye, guys. <laughs>